Listener, prepare thyself. You are now entering a realm of the strange, the silly, the surreal. I now present to you the Dashfire Diaries. Welcome to the Cannonade Public Ale House, boy. I didn't think you was a coming. Of course I'm coming. I swore on my mother's grave, sir. I bought you a pint. Now, tell us the story of Pumpkinhead Jack. Well, all right, boy. And I'll talk and I'll keep talking, but you're going to have to keep the pints a-coming to wet me whistle. Oh, and to make things nice and square with you, for every three pints you buy me, I'll be sure to buy you one as well. Oh, that's right generous of you, sir. Right. Now, let us begin the tale. Jack and Edgar. Once upon a time, there was a thing with the body of a man and the head of a pumpkin. Call him Jack. Jack had a face that was hollow and empty. No light shone from within. He wasn't always that way. He wasn't always cold, dark, empty. He once had a human head and a human heart. But those days passed long ago, so long he forgot all about it, despite the fact that he ached to remember. It was so vast and vacuous a space in his head, there was nothing to fill the void but sad, scary thoughts. In the wind that howled through his eye holes, his nose hole, and his frightening, grimacing mouth, which always smiled even though there was nothing to smile about. Jack lived inside a giant pumpkin in a part of a forest on the edge of a fen called Fen's End at the end of an abandoned woodcutter's trail that even deer no longer followed. The path was filled with bumpy protruding stones that the earth no longer wanted and gnarled bony tree roots as if the trees themselves were saying, keep out or else. The fen or more was a peat bog of sorts, filled with soft, sodden ground. Paths ended suddenly in the middle of it. Watery, bottomless holes filled with brown, undrinkable swamp juice opened up for no reason. Things and people were seen walking towards the fen, and often they disappeared without a trace, as though the very earth had swallowed them whole. The pumpkin house was ancient, moldy, decaying and partially caved in on one side. Jack lived alone and had no one to talk to except his flatmate, a uh, pumpkin mate, Edgar, a spider who couldn't see very well out of any of his eight eyes. Edgar was poor and couldn't afford spectacles for his eight eyes, and even if he could, no one would make him any because they were all too scared of him. Edgar had only a cracked, somewhat cloudy monocle for the one eye that could see the best. Jack was afraid of Edgar, and Edgar was afraid of Jack, and everyone else, too. They were both so scared, neither of them went outside their pumpkin house much. Jack had his own black frock coat and trousers, but no shoes or stockings, and his feet were so dirty they were the color of smoke, ash and gray, and they smelled funny. Not funny, ha-ha. Edgar had no clothes except a moth-eaten bow tie. Jack and Edgar both shared a top hat, 
but it was much too big for Edgar the Spider and much too small for Jack, Jack's pumpkin head. Even though it was tattered and had a hole in the top, they both fought over who got to wear it because they were both ashamed of how they looked and Jack and Edgar both taunted each other, made threats and called each other names when they were feeling poorly or having a row. Every year at the end of October came All Hallows' Eve. Jack never knew why, but his lonesomeness was especially hard to bear in autumn. As all the trees lost their leaves, he felt especially close to something he had lost, something missing. It made him very confused and very sad, and the sadder he became, the angrier he became, until each leaf lazily wafting in the breeze from its tree branch to the ground became like a drop of acid on the back of his neck, drip, drip, dripping away. If sadness and rage go unchecked for too long, they become icy, numb, and can harden hearts into stone and turn good into wickedness. Jack had been quite wicked for a very very long time. Jack's feeling for himself meant he was unfeeling towards others. He had nothing to do all day except pick the toe jam out of his cold, dirty, odiferous tootsies and eat said toe jam when there was no more marmalade jam to put on the burnt toast and sit in a dark, cold, rotting pumpkin and quarrel with a spider about who got to wear an ill-used top hat, and who didn't, and that, and think of new ways to frighten and hurt others. One day, Jack was picking at the yellowed crust on his toenails with a rusty pocket knife, when the shadows moved. Hello, said Jack. Who goes there, and what wants ye? Out of the dark skidded Edgar who bumped into the three-legged kitchen table, causing it to and then leaned in close to Jack, holding the monocle to his eye. "'Tis only me, Jack. Who else would be here in this hovel? Why do you do like that? You was trying to scare me on purpose, didn't you? You know spiders give me the eebie-jeebies. Why you got to be spidering around here, old scamper-dancing and suspicious-like, eh? Where's me nerve tonic? Where's me medicine?' Thanks be to ye, my doctor says I have a neurosis. Oh, well, pardon me for living, you prideful pumpkin person. Maybe I'll stop spidering around when you start pumpkining my lumpkins, you country pumpkin. I'll show you a pumpkin lumpkin, aye. With that, Jack took his knife away from his toe and stabbed it down hard into the table, <laughs> causing Edgar to jump back and fry. <laughs> He hit the table so hard that all the toenail crust he piled on the table went flying everywhere. Oi! That was my lunch! He said. Look what you done, you idiot! Said Edgar. You scattered our victuals. Now I'll be even skinnier than I've been since all the flies all left me web. You was the stupidest pumpkin head of the ages. You ain't even got some brain. It was true. Even the flies and ants didn't come around anymore. Only the worms came around, and only to eat the sides of their pumpkin house and their few books. As a consequence, whenever it rained, they had to keep numerous pails under numerous holes and a roof that leaked. 
and numerous pails under the pails because the pails were all rusty and they leaked too. Even the grossest bugs didn't want to eat what grew on Pumpkinhead Jack's fate, and they were okay with almost anything disgusting. To this, Jack began weeping. Manson, Manson, please, I need me nervous tonics. He began to shake uncontrollably. Quit your boo-hoo-ooing or you'll start foaming, said Edgar, irritating. I don't want you to get into one of your fits again. I ain't going to be your nursey, Pooh, you decrepit orange mushbag. Don't call it a fit. It's a, a paroxysm. Paroxysm my foot, said Edgar. It, a fit's a fit, and you ain't fit to have no more fits, so quit fitting so we can get out of this pit, you get. A nervous Nelly is what you is. With additional mutterings and grumblings, Edgar reached a spoidery leg up into the highest cupboard in their kitchen. As he opened the cupboard, the cupboard door affixed to the cupboard by only one inch, popped off its rusty hinge and came down squarely on Edgar's head, or whatever it is spiders have instead of a head, flattening the top hat in the process. Before Edgar had the chance to even say boo, the medicine bottle come crashing down from the cabinet along with the contents of the entire shelf. Oh, dented pockmarked tin cups, candle holders, spoons, and other bric-a-brac in a thundering, clattering heap to the floor and the discombobulated spot. Oh, no! You did it now, you eight-legged cracked egg! Look what you've done! Just look! You busted me nerves! And now me nerve tonic, too! Oh, blast it! Blast it to the moon! Hush, your toothless trap, you cringing ginger. A tainted toad has more courage than you do. Edgar lit a candle and held it to one eye, the one eye that, he had, that had the cracked lens and looked through the rubble until he found a bottle with a dropper. There was writing on the bottle that said, Mrs. Rightaway's Fortitude Tonic and Nerve Dejangler cures nervous nerves right away. Do your nerves jangle with the trouble? Do you tangle? Then Mrs. Rightaway's nerve dejangler will fix you up real good. Jack had fallen to the ground, trembling. Forever in an epoch I've been a pumpkin head. Forever, no one cares, moaned Jack. Me old mother, me mother hate it, me. Jack, be a good boy, she said. Jack, be a good boy, or I'll put a bucket on your head. There'll be no eye holes, Jackie boy, no mouth holes. No, you'll starve, you will. No plum pudding for you, my love. You won't see when the pouty boy's going comes to box your brains. Buckethead Jack. <laughs> what does he make of that, me son? Jack a bucket. <laughs> Jack let out a laugh in a witchy, high-pitched voice that was not his own. Edgar sidled up next to Jack cradled his head in two of his spindly legs and dropped two drops of the nerve dejangler tonic into Jack's grimacing mouth. She ain't here no more. There, there. Take your medicine. Your mom is dead and gone. You was talking to the shades again. I'm a good boy, mother. Jack's a good boy, said Jack. He was crying, but no tears could dribble from his dry eye holes. Steady on, Jack said Edgar. Oh, you cater well and we'll bring on troubles. Cease your dashed fit. 
What? I'll get you yet. All you pouty boys, and you too, mother. I'll burn you. I'll stick you with me thumbtack. Ha! Roust yourself. Enough before you get frothy. Edgar poured some tea into Jack's pumpkin mouth. It made a sound like water disappearing down a drain without a trace. Suddenly, Jack sat bolt upright and leapt to his feet, spitting a stream of tea across the room and dousing Edgar in the process. There was a crimson glow in his eye sockets. Curse you! Curse you! The devil take you, Edgar! Oi! You was off your nut again, Lord God, said Edgar. I rendered you proper aid, I did. You with your tonics and panics and mangled janglies. Oh, I'm sick of all this drama, I is. What I get for all me help, for being your nursey poo. Curses and blasphemes is what? What a righteous spectacle you've become. Bah! No. No, the devil take you, sir. You and that vile mother you always rave about. I'd send you to the madhouse, but why would I when all them doctors would probably profit and I could turn copper into silver by taking you on the road in a proper freak show? What mother would want you? No bucket could fit round your misshapen ginger nut. Jack sighed and the fire went out of his eyes. My mother, I finally remember. Edgar, she tormented me. The devil take us both, Edgar. Hell is our home, and the devil take us back. But if you will not, then we can at least find peace here. What are you on about now? asked Edgar, adjusting his monocle suspiciously. Find me a child, a human child. Find me one no one wants, and we will make it know our pain, and we will know its pain, and we will all be healed and whole again. You are mad, said Edgar. Look at all the bones we pile up in the peat out back. Not even drunkards and mangy curs desire our companionship. In the end, they all wish to take their leave of us and we can never allow them to, lest they bring a mob and drive us out. You know this. Bring me a child, Edgar. Bring me a foundling, a reject. I will be its mother and its father. I will be its friend, its teacher, and its master. And if I don't do your bidding? asked Edgar. Jack let out a laugh, drier than sandpaper on tumbleweed. <laughs> then I'll have nothing to lose, will I?